Today, we have the pleasure of meeting with Dr. Laura Hewitt. Dr. Hewitt is a dentist, a business owner, and a graduate of Turner High School here. Welcome, Dr. Hewitt. How are you doing on your uh, Wednesday midday off of uh, work? I'm doing well. Good. So as a business owner, we'll kind of just jump into the business side of stuff. As I said, you know, Wednesday is your chosen day off. Let's talk about a little bit about your business and how you how you get to run um, your facility as being a dentist as well. So because um, I'm in a private practice and I am an owner in my office, um, I had a previous partner and then when he exited the practice, I was 100% owner and then I sold 50% um, of the business to my current partner. So we're 50-50 partners in the business now. Um, I can kind of set my own schedule and choose when it is that um, that I'll see patients and when I'm going to be off. And it has historically been Wednesdays have been my day off. And it's just it started as a necessity. I needed to do some things at church on Wednesday afternoon and evening. And so I chose Wednesday and then it just became a day that I that I really like to have. I can be off in the middle of the week and get some stuff done and um, not be seeing patients on those days, but some days I'm doing dental related things. Like today, obviously I'm here at the office because I'm doing this interview with you. Um, right. but it, as the, as the owner of the business, I can, I can choose my schedule like that. Um, right now happens to be baseball season and my son's baseball player. And so I'm able to look at the baseball schedule and arrange my patients' appointments around that, and so I'm able to leave in the afternoons and make it to his baseball game so I don't have to miss any of my kids' sporting events. Awesome. Yeah, that, that definitely helps being able to uh, schedule your your own personal schedule around that way. And as you said, you know, you're, you're there in your office. Uh, what are some of the business-related side of things that you get to work around um, schedule-wise for your hygienists and office staff? So there's a, the whole business side of dentistry is something that I wasn't really very prepared for and that I didn't completely understand um, until I started doing it. Um, a lot of lessons learned by things that I didn't do correctly or things that I learned kind of in the heat of the moment when you had to learn right now because it was happening. Um, mm -hmm. the, the idea that every order and of supplies and bill that's paid in the office and all of the utility bills and paying the staff and monitoring their hours worked and their vacation days and when they started working with the company and so when they're due to earn their vacation hours and paid time off and that kind of stuff those are things that I really didn't have any idea and learn anything about when I was in dental school I just had to kind of learn those by trial and error um, just what was going on around me and learn from other people about that type of things. But those, those things are really important because if you can do those things really well and manage your expenses and manage the, the business side of things, the dentistry seems almost easy compared to that stuff usually. Right. So going straight out of dental school, did you go straight into opening your own practice or did you have internship years with other companies or how did that play I, out? I joined an existing practice um, and the practice was here in Turner already. Oh. 
Um, and I had worked for that doctor when I was in dental school as an assistant in the summer. I needed a summer job. And so I had worked right. with him um, as a summer job. So we kind of had an ongoing relationship and um, he was looking to expand his practice. And so I just joined his practice. Um, and then a few years in, I'd worked as an associate. So when you work as an associate, you get paid typically a percentage of your collections. So let's say a dental procedure costs one, I'll just use these numbers because they're easy, $100. And then that $100 as an associate dentist, you would get paid a percentage of that $100 for doing the procedure. Um, Typically, it depends, um, of course, on the situation, but it's not uncommon for associates to be paid 25 to 32, 33, somewhere around in their percent of collections. Um, So I was paid, um, I was paid a percentage of everything I collected for a couple of years. Um, It was low. I mean, I kind of saw your face when you were like that number. That's kind of low, right? The rest of it has to be. I'm thinking more up to the 70, 60, 70 percent. But the rest of it has to pay the bills, has to pay the overhead. Um, so overhead in dentistry is um, average overhead is somewhere around 60, 65 percent. Um, there are many offices that have 70, 75 percent overhead. Um, it depends on the depends on the type of dentistry. So I did that for a couple of years and then I had the opportunity to buy half the practice from um, that same doctor that I was working with. So my previous partner. And so I purchased half the practice from him. Um, and we worked together for a number of years and then we built the new building that we're in right now in 2014. And shortly after that, he retired and exited the practice and I purchased his half from him, um, knowing that I was going to turn around and sell 50% of it to my current partner who had kind of done the same thing. He had worked with us as an assistant before he went to dental school and then came on as an associate after he went to dental school and now 50, 50 partners. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's talk about some of the other benefits of being an owner. You know, you said you got to you get to set your own schedule and, and, you know, run the business. What are some other benefits for yourself as being the business owner versus obviously the pay as a, an associate? Most definitely the pay can be a lot better as an owner than it would be as an associate. There is a lot of what we call corporate dentistry right now owned by large corporations that run all of their offices in multiple states um, in a similar fashion. And they have a similar schedule and everything works the same in all of those offices. They have many more locations. They have the higher buying power. They can get things, supplies at lower expense, but they just pay their doctors based upon, um, based upon how, how many days they work or how many patients they see. Sometimes they have quotas um, and that, that just isn't how I work. Um, I get to, I get to make my own decisions. I don't have to do a certain number of fillings every single day to meet my quota for that day. I can literally just see the patient and come up with a plan for that particular patient and what is best for them. And we can go from there. I don't have to answer really to anyone else in terms of, if I was busy today or I wasn't busy today. Um, I thought going into dentistry, one of the main reasons I chose dentistry is I thought that being my own boss and running the show and not answering to anybody and not having anyone else um, around me, another doctor around me was going to be, was going to be what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in charge of things. I wanted to, to 
be the head guy on the totem pole. After working with another doctor, I soon realized that having other minds to kind of collaborate with and people to bounce things off of, it's much better um, having a multi-doctor practice. We have an associate in our practice too. So there are three of us here. Um, not every day. We don't all work five days a week. One of my partner works five days a week and our associate works four days a week and I work four days a week. So there are some days where there's just two doctors. Um, but oftentimes kind of a, a new something will come or a case will be just a little bit different or something will not go exactly the way that we thought it was going to go. And then we can sort of bounce that off each other. Hey, what do you think about trying this? And what do you think about this? And um, do you think we should refer this patient to a specialist? Or what would you try if this was your patient? And so we can have those conversations. It's been really good for my career. Yeah. I like definitely being able to bounce ideas off of each other and share that kind of thought pattern uh, with them. Um, so let's, you kind of talked about a, a little bit about a typical day. Uh, let's talk a little bit more in depth of what your day looks like and then a week looks like of a life and of a dentist. So we usually um, start, well, since COVID, um, after we were shut down for about seven weeks because of COVID, um, mandated close to prevent the overuse of PPE and all of these other reasons. But then when the office opens back up, we opened up pretty slowly and we saw one patient at a time, try to reduce risk. Um, and then we saw more than one patient at a time. And now we're back to actually busier than we have ever been right now. So many yeah. people did not go to the dentist. Um, so we've got a lot of time to make up. So we've been very, very busy. So it used to be that we started every day at nine o'clock. Our first patients were at nine o'clock and our last patients are sometime between four and four thirty. And that procedure usually finishes about five, five fifteen, five thirty, somewhere around in there. And we used to have an hour and a half for lunch every day because oftentimes the morning would run over. And we wouldn't right. actually get an hour and a half. So we built in kind of a little bit of a cushion right there so that everybody would have time to eat. Um, since we're so busy and appointments are such a premium right now, we're actually seeing a lot of patients at 8 o'clock in the morning. So we're starting a little bit early. Um, and then we have an hour scheduled for lunch, which sometimes turns into 30 or 40 minutes if we're lucky. Right. And we see patients um, all the way up until we still take our last appointment at 4 or 4.30. So we're here sometimes until 5.30. Six o'clock would be super late. So it can can be a long day, um, but I'm typically here somewhere between 8 and 8.30, start seeing patients, and we have kind of two sides on our schedule. We call them sides. Um, there's a treatment side, so that's people that are here for fillings and crowns and root canals and extractions and that type of thing. And then we have a hygiene side. So those are people that are here to have their teeth cleaned. They're here to see the hygienist for scaling and replaning, or they're here for an emergency, they have a toothache, they just need to have an x-ray taken and kind of get a plan of what we're gonna right. do next time when they come back. So we have those two different sides of the office. So I'm typically working with one assistant on the treatment side and we're seeing the patients in the order that they've been scheduled. First patient will seat them and do their filling or whatever it is that needs to be done. And partway through that procedure, when that's finished and the assistant is cleaning the room and getting it ready for the next patient, kind of wiping everything down and putting all the instruments away, then I might run over to the hygiene side and check, do an exam on all of the people that are here to have their teeth cleaned or look at those x-rays of somebody who's having an emergency. So I'm going to hop over there and do those things. Those appointments are, for me, a lot shorter. I'm maybe there for a few minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes talking to a patient 
um, they've been with their hygienist for maybe 30 or 40 minutes before I got there, sometimes even longer. And then I'm going to go back to the treatment side and do whatever the next patient needs to have done, whatever we have planned to do for them. So it changes. It's not the same thing all the time. It's totally different. It does sometimes go in um, little spurts where we'll do fillings for a whole day long, which seems kind of weird because there's a lot of things to do in dentistry, but we'll do fillings for a whole day long. And then the next day, maybe we'll make crowns. And then the next day, we'll do a lot of extractions. And so sometimes it just kind of works out like that. But we typically schedule those things. We know about how long each of those procedures is going to take. And so they get scheduled on the schedule to take up that much time. A crown takes a longer appointment time than a filling. Um, one filling takes less appointment time than three or four fillings. Um, a little kiddo that might need some extra time and some kind of coaxing into doing what we are asking them to do might take longer than somebody who is like, let's just get it done and be, be over with it. So we have to arrange our schedule that way. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. So we talked a little bit about you being a graduate of Turner High School and Let's talk about after high school, where you went to school at uh, UMKC and uh, kind of explain the path uh, of your choice into dentistry as well as uh, some of the college type settings. So I am a 1994 graduate of Turner High School. I knew that I wanted to be a dentist ever since I was a little kid. Um, and I was I did a lot of job shadowing and things in high school and kind of saw what it really looked like on a daily basis. And yes, that is what I wanted to do. Um, I am kind of an anomaly in the world. I chose a career. I went to college and I still do that career. I made no changes whatsoever. That does not happen. Um, most people don't do that. Almost everyone changes at some point. It just is the reality of the world. So just because I did it that way doesn't mean that that's the way that it has to be, but that's just, it's just how it worked out for me. Um, so I went to UMKC and I attended a program called the six-year combined BA DDS program that they actually don't have at UMKC anymore um, for dentistry. That's how UMKC does medical students. That's how they do all their medical students for a six-year program. Um, they have a, a similar type way, I'll tell you about that in just a second, that you can almost do it in six years. Um, but I went to a super intensive program where we took a whole bunch of hours. We went in the summer. There was no break. It was just game on from day one. And I ended up in at the end of six years, ended up with a bachelor's in biology and a doctor of dental surgery degree. So typically um, that would be an undergrad degree. And then you would go to four years of dental school. But I kind of smushed those all together in one time. Um, you can do it in a similar fashion right now. You do not actually have to have an undergraduate degree to get accepted to dental school. But by the time you complete all of the requirements that you need to have, you pretty much have an undergraduate degree. So it would be silly not to take the few extra classes and just get the degree. As quickly as you can get that undergraduate degree, then you can apply to dental school. So if you're taking college credit classes in high school and you're really focused and you get your college credit, from high school, bring it with you to college and smash a bunch of stuff in there, take summer classes and all these things. You can be done in two or three years if you really, really are focused and and want it to get it done that quick. And then you can apply to dental school um, after that. It's, dental school is four years. Okay. Okay, good. 
Um, so how did you choose UMKC versus some of the other dental schools? I applied at the University of Iowa and I was accepted at the University of Iowa to do my undergraduate work there. And then presumably I would go to dental school at the University of Iowa also. Um, those Iowa and UMKC were really the only schools that I looked at. Um, and then I was accepted into the six year program. So that to me, I knew that I wanted to do dentistry. I was really focused. This is no question about this. This is what I wanted to do. So the six year program worked really good for me because I didn't have any questions and I knew this was my focus. This is what I wanted to do and I could get it done faster. So right. I did it there. Yeah, I really didn't that makes sense. Else. Yeah. How did you choose dentistry versus maybe a potential like a hygienist or a different type of career field in dentistry? I didn't even consider anything else. Um, when I was little, when I was super little and went on this little field trip um, to the dental office and just loved it and told everyone I was going to be a dentist. And then when I was a little bit older and like elementary school ish, um, somebody told me I couldn't be a dentist because I was a girl and girls weren't dentists. And I'm just that stubborn enough that I was like, this is how I'm going to do this because someone said I couldn't. So I think I'll show them. That was just my how I work. Um, and then when I was in junior high and high school, I did some like, job shadowing and I went to a program called the Explorer Post, which is put on by the Boy Scouts of America. They still okay. have that scouting program at UMKC where I would go on a Saturday morning and one of the specialists would give a lecture about their specialty of dentistry, whether it be oral surgery or orthodontics or periodontics. And then we would go to the lab and do a little project with some um, dental students that were kind of our leaders and I got to put an old school silver filling in a little plastic tooth and I thought it was the best day of my life and I knew that's what I wanted to do forever and so I didn't even consider anything else yeah that's cool so just being able to fulfill what you, your dream and passion was for you know since you were little being able to do that um, so you've been in the industry now for a little over 20 years you did six years of schooling. What's the thing that you're most proud of throughout that time? <laughs> That's kind of a tough question, but I mean, I love the fact that I live and work and play right here in Turner, where I'm from and where where my family is. And I mean, these are my people and this is this is my world. I literally grew up a half a block behind where my current office is. Um, when I was really little. And so in this actual space that I'm sitting today, where my office is, used to be a big pile of rocks that I played on as a kid. And so I think that's <laughs> awesome. Like, you know, we'd get our couple dollars from doing whatever chore we did. We'd walk over to the 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee and some candy and sit here on this pile of giant rocks and thought we were living the dream. We were living the dream. We'd watch the traffic go by, people would honk and wave at us. You know, it was great. And here I am sitting in that exact same spot today, but I'm in my office doing what I want to do. So, I mean, I think that's, I love the fact that I live and work and play in the same place, probably. So I'm pretty proud of that, but I would say something like patient wise, the most proud thing that I could have possibly have is I have a lot of patients that are former teachers of mine. And that's pretty cool that somebody who is, the parent of a friend of mine growing up or a teacher or a former principal of mine, people that that don't have to come see me choose to come see me as their dentist. And I think that's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, definitely. Both of those, those are both really cool answers. Being able to, you know, support and be around where you grew up and, and the type of uh, people and community that you live in and, and uh, you know, and having people come choose to be with you is another really cool um, experience as well. Uh, so as a dentist, what kind of professional development is there uh, along the way um, for research or keeping your certification? So there's a ton available. Um, we are required with the Kansas Dental Board to complete 60 hours of continuing education every two years. Yeah. That can be in person um, at like a conference, a weekend conference or an evening conference or something like that. It can be done online sometimes because of technology and we're so able to access other people's information. Online CE is a big deal right now. Right. Um, people can can see face to face and have conversations and, and learn from somebody um, sometimes we've been to, my partner and I have been to a few different out of town. We went to Washington, D.C. for a conference, a 3D digital imaging conference. Um, we went to Boston for a similar type conference um, where you sit in a classroom and everybody's got their computer right in front of you and you're maneuvering and changing the digital images as um, the instructor is talking to you about how to use the software to manipulate the, these things. and so hands-on stuff like that. And there most definitely is a lot of information out there. 60 hours that might sound like a lot, but it's just a drop in the bucket, really. I mean, you really honestly need to learn more than 60 hours every two years to keep up with what's going on. Oh, yeah, definitely with all the changing technology and all that stuff. Um, so per, I, I know that we talked when you just talked about the community aspect of your job. What's some of your personal uh, development that you do throughout the year? So we do. My husband and I have been involved in something. Um, we volunteer at a, a number of different things, um, but something that we've been involved in since we were young, um, like thirteen, fourteen, is a summer camp for kids with spina bifida. That's called Camp Midiog. Midiog is an acronym. It stands for Made in the Image of God. Um, so children that are living with spina bifida come to summer camp and have all of their physical and medical needs met so that they can go to camp just like any able-bodied person would be able to go to camp. Um, right. Most of our campers don't have the opportunity to spend much time away from their own homes or away from their families because they have a whole host of medical things that need to happen and accessibility issues. Almost all of our campers are in wheelchairs or they use walkers or braces, um, crutches to get around. And so we make modifications to our schedule at camp to make sure that we've got enough time for that. And we do something one-on-one -on -one counseling. So we pair up one young person, a uh, teenager or early 20 something to be your counselor. And so every camper has one counselor. They are the kind of big brother, big sister of their camper for the week, but they're also helping them get in and out of bed and get to the nurses when they need to see the nurses and help them in and out of the pool and help them with their fishing. And we do all the same kind of stuff that we do at any summer camp. We just make some modifications to make it um, accessible and fun uh, for our spina bifida campers. Um, so we've been, my husband, like I said, we've been doing that for quite some time, more than 30 years at this point. Um, and it's it's a passion of ours. Now we're 
the we're kind of on the directing team of that camp. And so we're the ones recruiting our young people to come as counselors. It's a completely volunteer camp. We have um, nurses. We have uh, folks that come out for physical therapy. We have people to teach classes. We have all these volunteer young people that are counselors. And we stay overnight. Um, it's a six-day camp um, that is it's probably the best thing I do of the whole year, for sure. That's, that's pretty fun. That's, uh, that's meaningful as well. Um, so we talk, when you, when you typically come into the school to talk about dentistry and stuff like that, you mentioned um, some of the stuff that you wish you would have known maybe in high school or early in college uh, that could help you with your career now. What do you think are some of those key takeaways that a high school student or a early college student should be thinking about uh, if they are looking into dentistry? Definitely, I like to encourage kids to spend time visiting and job shadowing at places or careers that they think they might be interested in. Um, that was a game changer for me when I actually could see it in real life and see what was going on. Um, and like I said, I got to put this filling in a plastic tooth when I actually got to touch it and do it with my own fingers. That that was a game changer for me. So I would really encourage all students to do that type of of exploration. You may think something sounds really fabulous and like you definitely want to do it. And then you get there and see it in real life and you're like, mm, no, this is not me at all. So right. I really think that that's that's super important. Um I think just having a job in general is a really good idea. The idea that um, you have to stick to a schedule and you have to answer to somebody who's telling you or asking you. Sometimes it's one of the one of either <laughs> what right. to do, that kind of stuff. Um, the idea that you need to sort of work with other people and cooperate with a group and it might not be just about you right now. Um, those, I think those are really important things, really important skills. Yeah. So do you, do you think there's something that you wish you would have known back then uh, in either high school or college that would be beneficial to you now? Or something maybe that you could have done differently? Yeah, kind of going back to the running the business part, we did have um, a one hour class, maybe two or three semesters. Um, business management class or a practice management class, those kind of things, which mm -hmm. at the time in the whole scheme of things, taking as many hours as I was taking and focusing. And if I needed to blow something off, that was the class I blew off. So probably I would have paid attention a little bit more had I known how important it was going to be. Um, right. I really honestly couldn't tell you if I would have learned anything because I didn't go to that class. So Maybe maybe it wasn't going to be useful, but to maybe learn a little bit more about about the business side of things and understand about how that part of it works. Right. Just the the marketing and advertising and running the payroll and all that stuff combined. And yeah, how, yeah, how payroll taxes work and how property tax works and how an evaluation of the um, worth of your building impacts your bottom line and those types of things that are not interesting really for a lot of people. And 
really confusing and those, you know, those little things. Like when you look at your pay stub now as an employee, I mean, if any kids that are watching this are working, look at your pay stubs and, and see, I worked for 10 hours. I get paid $10 an hour, but why did I only end up with $72 when I should have had $100? What, what happened? And, and looking at those things and seeing what that does for you and, or doesn't do for you. Those, those things, I kind of wish I would have paid attention a little more. Okay. So that kind of goes into one of my next questions, something that you regret doing or a, a, a failure of yours that maybe has helped you grow as a uh, dentist or an individual. I think for quite some time, I tried to pretend like I knew everything. There was never a question that I said I don't know to, or I I need to find out more information. Um, coming out of dental school, I was really young because I went to that six-year program. So, I mean, I was only 24 when I graduated dental school, and here I was, you know, doctor in front of my name and hang my diploma up on the wall, and I know everything. Yeah. And so when I look back sometimes at some, and there are some particular patients that stick out in my mind from the beginning of my career that I probably didn't do my best job or answer the questions correctly or do what I would do now. And if I maybe would have been able to kind of take a step back and think, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I'm not the greatest in the world and just take some time to understand that I might need, might have a little bit more to learn and maybe keep learning. Um, that probably, probably would have been helpful. But then again, that's also one of those things I can say now, looking back, um, right. might not, might not change anything if I had done it a different way. Right. Exactly. But just knowing that from the now being able to look back at those, that experience, um, What's a product that you really like that you use on a daily basis that helps you be a better dentist? I really struggle with this question. I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I was all over the map on what I was going to say, because I originally thought that really what I was going to say is my staff. And I was thinking maybe I'd take the camera around and show you my staff, because if I don't have them, I'm, I'm sunk. Um, right. every once in a while something happens on the weekend and I need to run in and like re-cement somebody's crown or somebody's got an emergency or something. I literally don't know where all the stuff is. I don't know where we keep everything. I don't know how to use everything because they do all that amazing. And I just use what they hand to me and do it in the order that we always do it kind of thing. So I was thinking my staff is probably like, the most wonderful thing, but in a concrete physical thing that that I didn't have at the beginning of my career and um, is a game changer is we use um, glasses. I don't know exactly if you can see this, but these glasses are um, they have they look we call them bug eyes. They look kind of silly here at the front, but this is like two and a half times magnification. So these are called loops. And this particular company, the magnification of these glasses is set exactly to match my interpupillary distance so it fits exactly on my eyes um, the distance between my eyes and then the focal point of this is set to where i am forced to sit up straight and use good posture when i'm working on a patient because the only way i can see clearly and not fuzzy through these lenses 
is if I'm at that right distance where I'm sitting up and using good posture and looking in somebody's mouth. So that's all fine and dandy. I had loops when I was in dental school, but I did not have this, a light on my loops. We got headlights a few years ago. Well, it's been maybe five years ago. My partner and I decided we should get headlights. And so we bought these external headlights and they fit and they were kind of expensive. And we really toiled with this. uh, Should we spend the money? Is it dumb? Is it worth it? About 20 minutes after I started using the headlight, I was like, where has this been for my whole life? It's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I just think of like a camping headlamp. Um, so I got two two more questions. One of them you know about, okay. the other one I kind of just reminded myself about. So the, the next question is, if you dislike blank, then being a dentist is not for you. So, I mean, obviously something like if you dislike teeth and spit, this is not your jam here at all. But I would say on kind of an expanded level, if you dislike people and you dislike talking to people and being with people, um, dentistry is not for you at all. Um, You got to be you got to be a people person or it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. The the spit and the I would imagine. uh, Stinky, stinky teeth and stinky breath as well. Yeah. Uh, That's why we wear masks, right? The masks and the glasses, exactly. Keep it away from you. Um, So my last kind of question is, you know, like people have signatures on their email. If you had a mantra or a life quote or a signature that you go by um, to help kind of with your just daily life or daily ideas, what would your mantra or life quote be? Ooh, that that is kind of a spur of the moment question, you know. Okay, so I'm gonna go with something that um, my husband has been saying since our kids were little, and it just makes the world a whole better place. Sometimes is that we say often, often that nobody likes a whiner, and I, I. I'm okay with that. I'm a positive person. I can always, I try to always find the good in whatever's happening and it just doesn't do me any good on a personal level to sit around and complain and, Oh, woe is me and this kind of stuff. It's just not my thing. Um, and it's never really been my thing. So nobody likes a whiner. Good. I like it. Well, once again, thank you so much for spending 35 minutes with us today, talking about your career and how you kind of got to where you are. Um, if you guys have any questions, please let us know. We'll be glad to answer anything about uh, what you're doing and how to, how to get into dentistry. Thank you. Thank you. See you later.